at the line is part of Belly Up Sports. Visit bellyupsports.com for more podcasts and articles from all your favorite sports. That includes football, racing, baseball, basketball, and even hockey. Also, follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter at Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports. Be bold. Stand out. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Welcome, welcome, welcome to At The Line. I'm Ty Yeager, along with my beautiful What's co-host. up, everybody? My beautiful co-host, Mac Pena. Yeah, we haven't been here for like a few weeks, have we? No, we took a little hiatus. I guess uh, just to watch the Spurs end the season pretty well. Pretty well, pretty well. So we got a lot going on tonight. There's season ended, the year night for us. Um, so the Spurs will be going to their 22nd playoff straight playoff appearance. And they'll be going against the number two seeded Denver Nuggets. So we have the whole matchup preview. We'll also kind of just kind of go do a brief recap of the Spurs season, this ups and downs crazy ass season to be honest but along with us we got three other amazing guys to help us out we got david Alver. damn it i already messed up his name i'm sorry david i got hey, this it it's david alvarez alvarez <laughs> andrew uh god you people in your names i'm Dukovic. sorry Dukovic. See, Mac- Dukovic. Dukovic, Dukovic, they all work see mac this is why you're here and then joseph he goes by multiple names joseph jojo Mino. Jojo Schmino, but we're just going to call him Schmitty tonight. What's up? What's up, buddies? How you guys doing? It's going. It's going. We're going. But these amazing guys will be here to help us out to talk about the Spurs season and kind and preview this amazing first round matchup. But first, let's get started and let's review the Spurs season. The Spurs did finish the season off 48 and 34. The second straight season they have not finished with 50 games, but they're still making the playoffs. They finished 7th in the wild-ass West, with the 7th best offensive ranking in the league. However, they did finish with the 19th ranked defense, which is a... I want to say a first in Pop's coach tenure to have one of the lower... Have a defense in the lower half of the, of the league. I think it... I mean, I don't know if either this this was his lowest or maybe last year. Um, I, I want to say, like, one of the two. I mean, it's definitely... The defense hasn't been there as in years past, but um, hey, we improved though from the beginning of the season, so that's good. Yeah, they definitely improved. Um, they did finish with the sixth best efficient field goal percentage, so they had some of the best field goal shooting there could be in the league. Um, they had the second best offensive turnover rating, which means they barely turned over the ball. They only turned up, I believe, 11% of their possessions throughout the whole league, which was the second best in the league. Um, I forgot who was first, but it's pretty up. It's still high up there. Regarding defense, though, they actually had some defensive highlights. They were the fourth best defensive rebounding team in the league, and they were the second best defensive opponent free throw percentage in the league. So that means 
that that defensive opponent free throw, that means they didn't let their opponents get to the line all that much throughout the season. Second, so their opponents went to the line probably the second least in the whole league. Yeah, I think we definitely saw um, the uptake in interior defense when Pirtle started playing a lot more. Um, I think he brings that defensive presence that the Spurs definitely needed. Um, and o- overall, the, the like I said, the defense stepped up big time um, over the course of the year. And they started gelling. You started seeing them gel at right at the right time. I, unfortunately, I think they still have some more to go. I don't think they're completely cohesive, but they're way, way better than they were at the very beginning. All right, so to start off with you, David, what did you think of the Spurs season as a whole? Uh, I thought it was one of those where we were either going to swing for the fence and be successful at it, or we were going to be very, very, very bad. And we ended up being a little bit better than good, I guess I would say. Um, there was lots of ups and downs, as we can all attest to. Uh, I feel like we lost uh, a lot of games that should not have been lost. I mean, we won 48. I can count maybe 7 to 10 right off the top of my head that we were right there. I know by midseason... I remember counting how many games we lost by five or less, and we were at like six or seven. So it's a turnaround. So definitely up and down. Uh, I think, and I tweeted this the other day, I think we exceeded most people's expectations. Um, you know, one more win than last year. And, uh, I, you know, overall, I think it was, it was good. I think it can definitely be better, but I'm pretty happy with the outcome. All right, Andrew, what do you think? I actually think it was a, I, I don't want to say it was a overly successful season, but I think it was still a very good season overall. I mean, when you look at some of the tweets and predictions that happened even before the season, people were like, oh, Spurs aren't going to reach their 20 set. They're not going to reach their 22nd straight playoff appearance. You know, LeBron going to the Lakers, they're going to take over that extra spot. It's going to be a fairly similar set of Lakers instead of Spurs in the playoffs. And uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I had to throw in that laugh for the Lakers. No. You, 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 <laughs> LOL XD. <laughs> I'm also I'm actually really glad that you did and you know it, I don't think you know for all we know we probably wouldn't even have made the playoffs if it wasn't for our home record this year you know this year the Spurs only went 32 and 9 at home which is they're only one of three teams in the west and not even reach double digit losses at home the other two being Portland and the other one Denver which obviously we're going to go into a little bit uh you know, but overall, could the season have been better if they would have won a few of those games on the road? Yeah, there was a tough stretch about a month ago where we lost to Brooklyn and New York, both both games uh, in New York. You know, there was that one game on national television against Philadelphia that we probably should have won. There hmm. was that there was that second game against Toronto in Toronto that we probably should have won. So, you know, I'm kind of with David on the fact of like, yeah, there are some games that we should have won, but you know. With us being the lower seed, we're definitely going to have to step up uh, on on the road if we want to beat the uh, Nuggets within seven. But overall, as far as this overall season, I'm not, I can't really complain at all, to be honest. I mean, put it this way: last year we had Kawhi for like only five games, and people were nine games. It was nine games. Sorry, my bad. Okay, uh, same same games. number, same number, <laughs> a similar number. Uh, doesn't make really make a difference. Exactly. And people entering this season, they're like, oh, they're not going to have a real superstar. That, how can they have? How can they make the plus without having a, a Kawhi level superstar? 
Well, I mean, the way I see it, we just added DeRozan and kept the same team as last year. So, you know, we won one more game than last year. It's still progress. I'm just overall happy with the season. All right, and Shmay, what do you, what are your, what's your, you had the final say on the overall season. Wow, what an honor. Um, to be honest, <laughs> the entire season as a whole, after that, like, what, 11 and 14 start, I thought we were just doomed, honestly. I was kind of in that boat of, man, maybe we should tank. But then we started to turn it around a little bit. And uh, that's when I jumped on the other side. It's like, no, this is a team that can do something special and surprise people. So overall, I'm pretty happy with it. But just like everyone else, there were definitely games that should have been won. Maybe, like, I Honestly, if you look back at all the games that we should have won, we could have had like a 56-win season, which is crazy to think about. The, the big one that really comes on my head is first off the two games against Phoenix that we lost, and Ooh. then that one against Memphis in San Antonio. I know you guys remember that. Oh, that, that was where, a beat. Yeah, I'm looking at that. The that one no- where we fouled Mark Gasol. <laughs> that November, they, the, the November 21st game where, yeah, that was a BS game. The, uh, and right then they didn't, they didn't foul Lamarcus Aldridge, <laughs> apparently. Lamarcus did not get touched in any way, shape, or form. Don't worry, guys. It's okay. Refs are perfect. Don't worry. But, fun fun anyway. fact, that, Mem- that Memphis game was actually the day before my birthday, so I was out of Buffalo. Oh, no. I was I was literally, I mean, because that, that day was literally the day before Thanksgiving. So I'm literally sitting, watching football, eating my Thanksgiving meal, and I'm like, God damn it, why the hell, how the hell did we you know, follow Marcus all in those closing seconds or what, or non follow, however you want to put it. So I was actually somewhat depressed on my birthday on Thanksgiving. Hey, man. Try being me on my birthday watching us getting blown the hell out by the freaking New York Knicks on the road. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Damn. Now, that's another one that comes on the top of my head. Like, wh- how did we do that? What happened there? Like, that entire rodeo road trip is what hurt us, I think, the most. Yep. But, Overall, with everything said and with us losing, you know, that guy who wore, wore number two for us that last year. Um, who? I don't know. Some I guy. I don't know who you're talking about. I think he has, think he has cornrows, something. I don't know. Do the drop. Do the drop. Do the drop. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, with everything said and done and with all the people routing us off, I'm pretty happy with it because according to the experts, we weren't even supposed to be here. Exactly. So. I'm this, happy with it. This season to me was a season of parts. Different of is a roller coaster essentially. If you look at it, how the season started, it wasn't the best. You were you kind of had a slow start, ten to twelve to end November, but then suddenly the month of December shows up, and this team is one of the best in the league, just based on net rating, on the offensive ranking, defensive rating, had one of the best defensive runs that I've at least seen, and I think of any team in the whole league. Then they had their then they had their slump going into January, where they kind of started dropping back off, and then the rodeo road trip happened, where that was just abysmal. And then if you look at the if you look, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to add something, um, which I think is appropriate to bring up at this time because since we're on the subject of the record, I tweeted this out yesterday, and a bunch of people seem to agree with it. Uh, Mac, especially you, uh, we're going back and forth about. Somebody said that DeMar DeRozan, uh, it looks bad for him that we only won game, one more game than last year. And, you know, I wasn't in this conversation at all, but I had to jump in it. So long story short, you know, this person is basically just stating that with the same exact team plus DeMar, 
We only won one more game. My thing is, is, you know, and I think a lot of people don't realize this, especially non-Spurs fans. You know, the Spurs haters are out there, but you have to be an actual fan to know what's going on with this team every day. So, you know, we lose Manu Ginobili, future Hall of Famer. We lose Tony Parker, future Hall of Famer. We lost Danny Green, someone who's made, I'm pretty sure, first and second all-team defenses throughout his career. Yeah. Uh, Dante Murray, I believe it was third team that he made last year. Um, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, that number two guy with the cornrows. You know, he, he was pretty important to the team's defense. So, you know, I, I just think it's crazy and it blows my mind that people are comparing last year to this year when we were, yeah, you know, we were without our franchise player. But we had three guys plus Kyle Anderson who could defend like hell. Um, so I think it's important. I just, you know, I just wanted to bring that up since we're on the part of the record that this is not the same team. There's eight brand new players on this team. Yeah, if That's a new superstar going along with another superstar who's already been here. So I think it's important to note that, you know, yes, it was one more game as a whole, but overall, eight new players plus a new franchise guy losing your three best defenders. That's a hell of a season. I, I don't, it's not even, it's not even three defenders. It's not even three defenders. It's four defenders if you count DeJounte in there. You exactly. Lost, oh, yeah. You lost your main core of defensive players with Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Kyle Anderson, and DeJounte. Three of them going going out, out of town and they are going down with injury. You lost yeah. your main core defense. I, I don't think any other team would have a great defense following that. This Spurs, this Spurs team did not have the best defense overall throughout the season with the 19th ranked defense, but they did have their flashes throughout the season and you had a really bright light in Derek White. This and oh my goodness, and this, that guy. a young legend. A young all right, so, so I can see what how what everyone's viewpoint of Derek White is. I was going to ask, so who who is the Spurs MVP of this season? It doesn't have to mean they're the most skilled, but the most valuable to this team this season. Definitely Derek White. <laughs> I'm just going to keep it real. It's Derek White. <laughs> all right, let's just run this, Andrew. Ah, uh, man, I really hate putting the spot on this question. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I do. I got to say Derek White, he's probably the most improved player on the team. He definitely looks like the brightest player on the team. Uh, I'll say Derek White, but I kind of got to give a shout out to Patty Mills, too. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like Spurs Twitter gets on him a lot. But, you know, a lot of the close games that we did win, I don't think we would have won without him. And I, the Manu Ginobili game is kind of personifies, you know. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, big. Yeah. So, uh yeah, I'll say Derek White, but I got to show love for Patty, too. All right, then, D- David. That's a, that's a good one. All right, so totally get the Derek White thing. I'm not going to keep going on that one just to have a different answer in here. But I'm going to say, and I might get beat up for this, I'm going to say it, though, DeMar DeRozan. And now let me explain first. <laughs> Derek White, let me, you know, I got I got a story to back it up. Let me just throw it out there. Derek White is definitely what we need on the floor, but DeMar DeRozan's playmaking this year has been incredible to me in the sense of, and this has nothing to do with his scoring. Strictly, we're strictly talking about playmaking. Bryn Forbes does not have the season he's had without DeMar DeRozan and his attacking the lane, kicking the ball to him. Uh, and I think I think Bryn Forbes would even say, and I and Correct me if I'm wrong. I actually think he has said this, that DeMar is getting hit. Guys like him, Patty, Davis, Marco, um, 
all open shots. I really want to give a, I give a lot of props to Brent. I was kind of hard on him this season at the beginning. Um, but I think he had a really good year and it's crazy to me that I'm saying, but I give a lot of that to DeMar DeRozan because I really, really think that DeMar DeRozan loves playing with him on the floor, you know, them being on the floor at the same time, because he looks for him. If you really pay attention, he specifically is looking for Brent. I've seen it so many times where he's looking at Marco, Patty, whoever it might be, but I, I see him look for Bryn and he would drive the opposite way or into the lane to suck in the defense and then kick it out to Bryn. And you'll see it too. When Bryn puts up the shot, he's already running back the other way. He has a lot of confidence in guys. So um, Derek so, White, totally important. I don't think we're here without him, but I'm going to give it to DeMar DeRozan because I think he's been really, really special this year. All right, Mac and yours. I was going to say, so what you're saying, David, is Bryn Forbes is not being traded this offseason. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm hopping on the boat, man. I really am. I'm hopping on the boat. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if because we're gonna be so guard heavy, and then who knows what we're drafting. I don't know who the odd man out will be, but uh, I guess we'll see. But I really, I really did enjoy Bryn Forbes. Yeah. Um. So I think my MVP for the season definitely has to go to um. I want to say Lamarcus, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge just because how consistent he was throughout the entire season. And I know like in the beginning, he had his slumps. I mean, everybody had their slumps. Everybody had their ups and downs. Um, and, you know, a couple of weeks or a couple of months where they were, they were in and out and weren't so, weren't so good. But I think LaMarcus had the least of those. I think really only in the beginning and then sort of kind of towards the end there a little bit. But, um, I mean, this guy is just—he's a—he's a double double machine, and just consistently just pounding it in, shooting from you know from mid range, and doing everything that he needs to do. Comes up with clutch rebounds when he needs to, or a clutch play when he needs to. Um, I definitely agree with with David though. Like the the tandem with Lamarcus and Demar, everybody shit on that in the very very beginning, and they thought that the Spurs were not going to be where they are now simply because of the mid-range monster that Popovich, you know, that Popovich and RC were creating. But obviously, as time and time shows again, that the Spurs adapt and somehow they they bend the league to their will and they continue to create and c- continue to to be successful. And, and LaMarcus was that consistent rock that we needed this entire season. Um, and then... You know, Derek was was that vision, the general, um, you know, that Tony Parker that we were missing, the, the floor general that we we're missing, and he deserves a ton, a ton of of praise for coming in, stepping in for an injured uh, Dejounte, uh, which Rip brother, we'll see you next season. Thank, thank you for everything. Um, you know, and Derek White did did excellent in coming in, and um, and then Demar for transitioning from Toronto to here and everything that he has to go through or had to go through and being the emotional player that he is, he's done a hell of a job. Um, but I think the most valuable player this year and last year definitely goes to LaMarcus. He's just been, he's been on another world. Yeah. And adding on LaMarcus was, I think one of the most, like you said, Mac was one of the most consistent players. He, besides of, besides, I believe Patty and Brent playing 82 games, 
LaMarcus played 81 games. I know he took probably one game off, but this dude shot 519 from the field. had almost 10 rebounds, so he almost averaged a double-double. Had one in 1.3 blocks per game. This dude was really killing it. And then I think scoring like 34 on against the Mavs, he stole he stole the uh, scoring leader role from a uh, Demar for the season <laughs> by point one of a point. But you know, sorry, go ahead. But Lamarcus, he's been we would not this season would not be anything, especially on offense, if Lamarcus wasn't there on the floor. This team yeah. would be behind in games. Plus, Lamarcus had a career night with scoring fifty six in a game. It's yeah. true. Lamarcus has been as much as as much shit as that guy has gotten in his four years as a spur. This dude has showed up this season. He showed up last season, and this dude is becoming. I hope this man stays a spur and maintains this. I don't think he's going to stay all the time because he looks like he wants to go back to Portland. But this dude is is showing up for this team, and he's showing that he is a spur. Remember when we wanted to trade him? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> LaMarcus sucks! Trade him! <laughs> Trade him for Carmelo! You know, I think it's I think it's a crazy stat, and, and this was mentioned, you know, or I saw it on Twitter, but I think it's a crazy stat that Bryn Forbes and Patty Mills played 82 games. That's pretty incredible, man. You telling Great me you nice. telling me that, that Popovich, notorious for resting guys, did not rest those two anytime? Like that's and then LaMarcus playing all eighty one games, that's insane. I mean that's phenomenal. It's I'm just looking at all the games. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Demar had 77 games. Derek White played 67 games, but under the he was out the injury. Pau Gasol played 27 games. 27 too Ooh. many. Who? <laughs> I don't Ooh. know that guy. Oh, that guy that goes every time. Hey, I got I got a trivia question. <laughs> back, back to that, back to that. Brent Forbes and Patty Mills playing all eighty-two games. Do you, they are the first first teammates to play in all eighty-two games. Two thousand and eight, two thousand seven, and two thousand eight. Can you, Damn. can you, can you guys name the two teammates that played all eighty-two games in that oh seven oh eight season? Michael oh Finley. man, I saw this earlier today. Michael uh, Finley and some some guy from wasn't Europe. Roger, wasn't Roger Mason? Was it? No, it no. Was Roger Mason. No, no, no. no. I, I got the ends in front of me. If y'all, it was Michael uh, Finley and somebody else. I can't remember. Yeah, I remember Michael yeah, Finley. Yeah. It was a. Uh, it was Fabrizio Alberto. Oh, 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 how can we forget me. him? Fabrizio. <laughs> I, I only threw that out there because Michael Finley is actually. I I actually love that guy. Michael Finley's awesome. University of Wisconsin project right there from my from my hometown. But okay. <laughs> Man, the most random people come from. Wisconsin, it's crazy. I mean, like they do great stuff. <laughs> Tony Romo, who else is from there? Exactly. J- uh, JJ Watt. Pretty, yeah, I think it's pretty crazy that the two smallest guys on the team are the ones that went injury free. You know, it's it's interesting. But so when we For come sure. back, we are going to preview the the fir- first round matchup against the Denver Nuggets. Stay right here. We'll be right back here at the line. Hey guys, have you ever listened to At The Line and then suddenly think, huh, I kind of want to make my own podcast? Well, guess what? I have something that's going to be the best tool for you in starting off your podcast. It's called Anchor, and this is what we use here at At The Line. 
fun. It's absolutely free to use. And guess what? I know some are hosting websites. They cost money to have you start your podcast, host it, and all that. Anchor doesn't do that. It's absolutely free. And there's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer if you don't have all the equipment that you want. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so you don't have to go to all these other websites and figure out how do what what do I put how do I get this it's so confusing anchor although makes it easy for you and they will put your podcast on Spotify Apple Podcasts and many more podcasting websites and guess what the best part of it you can make money from your podcast but no minimum listenership that means you can do your podcast for free while making money who doesn't love that and it's everything that you need to make your podcast in one place so make sure to download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started on your free podcast the nba playoffs are here and the first round is on which means we're only 32 to 56 exciting games before that crucial second round when there's just 16 to 28 tip-offs until four elite teams battle in 8 to 14 decisive matchups, leading to the ultimate four to seven games when a champion will emerge. Oh yeah, the NBA playoffs. 60 to 105 games from now, it's really gonna matter. As you guys heard it, 60 to 105 games left until we figure out who a possible champion could be. <laughs> Deceased. All right, and back. Welcome back to At The Line. We had to play that audio because it was just fun to play. So, as you guys heard, the NBA playoffs are here, and the Spurs are in it for a 22nd straight season. And they go, they've they finished with the 7th seed, and so they'll be going against the 2nd seed, which happens to be the 54-28 and 28 Denver Nuggets which have been a very big surprise this whole season. Uh, they So they finished out second West. They were leading the West for a little bit. They were head-to-head with the Warriors throughout the whole season. Uh, they were, were the sixth best, off- best offensive rating in the league with the 10th best defensive rating. They also were had the second best offensive rebounding team in the league. And this is also the first playoff series between the Spurs and Nuggets since the 2007 season. And the two teams have met six times in the playoffs before. The Spurs lead that series 5-1 to one as the Nuggets' last playoff series win against the Spurs came back in 1985. Jesus. Wow. And I that don't was, think any of us were born. <laughs> I was not born. I wasn't even thought of yet. I don't even think my parents were together yet. Damn. The only two players from between both of these teams that were alive in 1985, actually, I don't think Lamar- LaMarcus was born in 1985 and Paul Millsap was born in 1984. Jesus. By the way, a little side note, the last two times we faced the Nuggets in the first round, guess what happened? Hmm. We went on to win the NBA championship. Hmm. Facts. Yeah, I was looking at all the different matchups because luckily, with how the seeding fell, that the Spurs fell with that seventh seed against Denver, the Rockets also fell to the fourth seed, which means... That the Spurs will not face them or anyone if they make it to the Western Conference Finals. They will not be meeting the Warriors or the Rockets until the Western Conference Finals if that does happen. It's a wonderful night to praise God, isn't it? It's beautiful. 
So the three possible ch- matchups, if the Spurs do win a ch- win the series against the Nuggets, they'll be either going against the Portland Trailblazers or the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll give we'll get all our playoff previews coming up, but first, let's pay attention to the Spurs in this Nuggets matchup. So starting off with you, David, what? how do you feel about this Nuggets team, this very young Nuggets team that's going up against the Spurs first round? Good question. Uh, I feel that the thing that concerns me, I shouldn't even say concerns because I don't really give a damn about the Nuggets, but um, <laughs> they're inexperienced. I know some people make it a big deal. I know other people say that it's not such a big deal because of how great they've been playing, but I think it is. Um I feel that the Spurs are going to have to obviously keep turnovers low and just like any other basketball game, force more turnovers for the Nuggets. You know, you a team like this is a team that you want to knock down early, I think. Um, I think that this, it's essential for the Spurs to win game one. I think that's the one that we need to go in there and hit them, you know, hit them right in the mouth and let them worry about game two. Come home, San Antonio, win three and four. Ultimately, win the series. I think it's going to go... I might get killed for this. Uh, But I'm being optimistic. I think it's going to go seven. uh, And I see the Spurs winning game seven. Um, But to answer the question mainly about as far as the defense, as far as the situation for the Nuggets, I'm a little concerned for them just because, you know, in this NBA that we're living through at the moment, it's it's three balls. It's threes, 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 threes. Uh, I absolutely hate it. Um, the Nuggets, when they're scoring and they're hitting the threes, just like the Rockets, the Warriors, I will exclude the Warriors since they can do the in-between game as well. But, um, you know, you, you see games like last night, they just can't hit and they're dead. They're just, they're lackadaisical. They're not interested. They're not pumped up. Um, so I think, you know, I, long story short, I think Denver's in trouble. I said it. They are in trouble. Oh man. You know, I'm going to agree. You know, remember what I said about these two having like two of the best home records in the West? That's kind of the exact same reason why I think they're going to go in seven. Uh, yeah, Denver, they they got a lot of inexperience. This is their really first, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe this is Denver's first season back in the playoffs since, well, since, well, since Carmelo was there. I mean, I, can't, I don't even remember, honestly, but uh, it's really tough because, you know, what David was talking about, you know, this being the modern day NBA. One matchup that I'm really excited to look for is Jokic versus Jakob Pertl. Uh Two European big men that are, you know, it's going to be a good fight. You know, I remember uh, listening to a podcast a couple uh, weeks ago from you guys saying that, yeah, Pirtle, he gets the job done. He's not overly big. He's not, he, he gets the job done defensively. I think he's going to have to start every game of the series if the Spurs want, if the Spurs are going to win this series. Uh, he's, you know, besides, bringing in LaMarcus down low. I really don't know who else on this uh, team can really defend Jokic uh, to, to help us on a game-to-game basis. Uh, it's going to go seven. I can guarantee that much. Uh, the, fir- the first team to, to lose at home, they're gonna, I, that's probably going to determine as to how the series is going to finish. You know, I'm going to say Spurs in seven. I'm going to be – I'll admit I'm biased and optimistic by saying that. But it's actually truly how I feel right now. To be honest, I think we can win this in six games just because I think I'm being a little bit too optimistic, but I'm just scared of a game seven on the road. Personally, 
with the way we've played on the road this year. But I honestly, if it does go seven, I think we can take them down because we have the uh, the mastermind that is Greg Popovich. And then, of course, we have all that playoff experience. And then we still have Mills and Bellinelli, who obviously both have championship experience together. So they'll also be like those um, morale leaders of the team. Um, whereas Denver, we talked about this already, they're super young. They had a great regular season, but how many times have we seen a good young team have a good regular season and then just not do much in the playoffs? It happens a lot. Not an insane amount, but it happens a lot. Yeah. So I think, honestly, especially with the way the Spurs have been surging lately, I think if my math is correct. I think we finished the season off 15-5, and five, which is actually really promising for us. And Denver, they honestly, at the beginning of the season, I thought they were going to win 60-plus games. And then, of course, they eventually fell off a little bit. So uh, even though they kicked our butt the last time we were there, I actually hoped for that because I knew it would wake us up if that happened. So I think now that that happened, we are going to be more aware. We're going to respect them a little bit more, and I think we can take them down to six games. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm on I'm on Schmidt's train right now. I think the Spurs can definitely get it done in in dare I say five or six. I I honestly think that um, with yeah, and, it, and it, again, it comes down. We've said it all. It, it comes down to experience, but then it also comes down to role players. And I think this is where um, where benches are really going to you're going to have to prove yourself. And um, and we've seen it. We've seen it in years past with the Spurs, where the Spurs bench just always pulls them through. You know, it drags them along, drags that that starting squad along, uh, along to either win the game or win the championships. We've seen a lot of these Spurs champion um, championship runs have a really good deep bench, and so I think if our bench, if the Spurs bench is is clicking. And they're knocking down their their shots, whether it's a three or whether it's a, it's a long a long two. Um, and like David said, if they 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 lower their turnovers or don't commit them as much, I honestly think the Spurs have a better overall team. You can go you can go you know one for one on on the starters, saying yeah Murray is Jamal Murray is better than Derek White or vice versa, and and um, Paul Millsap is better than. Than LA or vice versa, and obviously Jokic is better than Pirtle and vice versa. But it all—it's all going to come down to how the bench players play. Whoever decides to to have a better bench throughout the the entirety of the series, that's who I think is going to eventually is going to eventually take it. When it comes to my my view on this, it's all like we've all said. It's based off experience. The experience one is the biggest key. I think the biggest pool that the Spurs have that will give the series series their advantage. Spurs have two players who are heavy in playoff experience with with LaMarcus and DeMar. Both have been to conference finals before. Yeah, this is not a Spurs team that is full of champion champions like Kawhi, like Manu, but it does have Mar- does have Marco and Patty who went to two finals two finals together. They both have that playoff experience and they are good leaders as a result of it. That's why Patty's earning his money based on being the team leader that he is. And when, so when, when and when it comes to the Nuggets this is the youngest team going in, into the playoffs so far. Out of all the playoff teams, this is the, one of the youngest teams, and they have little to no playoff experience outside of Paul Millsap. Also, comparing the two coaches, Popovich will be coaching his 278th playoff game to start the series, while Mike Malone will be coaching his very first playoff se- series. 
and Mike Malone, I think Oof. I think Mike Malone said it right. Pop has five rings. I have a wedding ring. That was <laughs> That's awesome. Not to I was just going to say wrong. that. <laughs> that is not to be taken the wrong way by anybody. I saw yeah. that. That is not <laughs> to be taken the wrong way. That is not to be taken the wrong way. That was absolutely 100% respectful towards Pop and not taking the dump on him for, you know. Oh, oh wow. yeah, no, no. I just thought about that. Were no. people making that a big deal? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, oh, wow, I must have missed that. That's crappy to even think. Wow. Well, no, and the way the way that Mike Malone said it was Pop has five different rings of championships and I have a wedding ring. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's but, what, but Mike Malone said it right where he knows that he's out he doesn't have the experience Popovich has. And Popovich right. with one more I believe with one more win he can take the all time coaching winning winning record one of the two. It's it's going to be a close game no matter what. It's going to be a close game for all these. These are some of the two best best home teams in the league. Some of the best benches. Some of the just overall good round teams. And so let me ask you guys: um, Does does the Spurs newly acquired Donatus Montijunis 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 Donatus Donatus does he does he make appearance? Does he make an appearance and probably yeah. go against Jokic? He, he, he has yeah. to. He has yeah, to. yeah, he has to. In this matchup situation, I think he does. Yeah. Especially, yeah. This is. I think this is the one round. Well, considering, let's say we hit possibly Okanex, okay, the winner of them in Portland. No can. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the one series that Monte Yunus would make a significant difference. I mean, I think the combination between Jakob, L.A., um, Monte Yunus down there, you know, banging with him. Will tire him out, uh, and I think you know Monty Yunus is pretty crafty offensively as well. I don't think he he'll be out there to score, but yeah, I think that he could pull Jokic out and make him defend a little bit, and you know, clear up, uh, open up the lane to the rim. Um, so yeah, I think this, I think this Denver series would be a really good series for Monty Yunus to maybe play eh, five to maybe nine minutes a game. Yeah, he he does look like he has a pretty sweet, uh, just a really soft touch on that on that shooting. Shooting it, hands, so that's really, you know, really that's good. actually going to really be a huge help because once you leave Matiunas outside, especially if he's at the four spot or, or even the five, depending how you want to play it, sometimes he even play the three when he was uh, when he was in Houston. But if you leave Matiunas on the wings or on the on the outside, that's going to open up a lot of space for Lamarcus inside. And if he gets double teamed, all he's got to do is look for the open man in Donatus. So it really does play in a, in a really good offensive factor in that way as well. So what's what's Derek White's influence going to be on this on this game? Because Jamal Murray's been balling out this season, and this Denver this Denver team is known for their their all around good team between their front court and their back court. Do you think Derek White Derek White needs to play? In my opinion, Derek White needs to play out of his mind on defense. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree as well. Uh, but I think the key to it though is. And I've been on Derek about this. I feel like, especially after All-Star break. And and I get it. The referees do not respect him whatsoever. You know, it's his only a second season. Really, essentially the first, as far as the referees are concerned. But the foul trouble. Uh, if he cannot stay out of foul trouble, I think the Spurs are in trouble. Yo, that's not even his fault, though. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I, not, it's not. really not. I know we do I know we, we try not to make make excuses for or use the refs as crutches, but holy sh! I mean, some of those those calls and it's ugh, some of those calls are just ridiculous, man. Some of them. I mean, I mean if that's some the case, I mean, just be glad we didn't play Houston for. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> no, yeah. That's the exact I mean, reason I didn't want to play Houston because exactly. I, I was at I was at the Spurs game when they played 
two weeks ago, I believe it was three. I don't even remember how long, but I was at that game. I was sitting pretty close, and I was I was so mad by by halftime because at that point, I think James Harden as one had like seventeen free throws, and the Spurs at that point didn't even have seven. Yep. Which and, is- and I was and I was like. I, I couldn't even watch it. I, I, I don't even know Rockets fans actually they cheer for that. I, I just <laughs> like I just like they literally cheer like they're actually proud of all the free throw records that he's got. Like what like what was it last year where he broke the most free throws made in a season? Like some people were celebrating it like he broke Kareem's scoring record. I was <laughs> I didn't get it. I, I didn't get it. And so I thought Houston can cheer for him, man. I thought they don't they don't cheer for championships or nothing. They need those uh, weird stats and individual accolades to cheer for because they know they're not going to cheer for the main thing. So you know, I mean, they've got to get up. Going back to going back to one of the stats I said earlier though was the Spurs were our second in the league and not allowing allowing players to go to the free throw line. It just shows how how different and how many calls James Harden gets. When the second best team of, on defense of not allowing guys to get to the free throw line is going to, is taking 17 shots from the line. That's just, yep. it's mind boggling. Yeah, I think I was just on the subject as far as Derek. I mean, Max completely right. He's, Derek has been on the, on the wrong end of some terrible calls, but there has been times where it's, you're like, Derek, why did you go for that? Like, just put the put the hand up. Don't go for the block. You already have two in the second quarter. Why are you swinging down on the guy? And I know a lot of that is just inexperience. And, you know, I get we have to be patient with those types of things. But I feel that Jamal Murray is going to attack, you know, especially when his three ball is not going down. That dude just starts putting his head down and going to the rim. Yeah. Um, and I think the same thing goes for Gary Harris. It wouldn't surprise me to see, depending on the lineup that's on the floor, is, you know, Derek ends up on him. I think Derek just needs to make it a priority, which I'm sure he does, but, you know, a little bit more emphasis in it in not putting yourself into a situation where they can call that type of foul, especially when you already have one or two early on in the game. Because if he's not in the game for 30, 35 minutes, I don't know how this, I don't know how the Spurs walk away victorious. Yeah, Derek is definitely going to have to play uh, as much minutes as DeMar and, and LA. And, and that's, he's, he's going to have to play and he's going to have to score. I mean, that's, I think this, this, I don't, I don't have the stat in front of me, but it's really favorable in when Derek scores more than 10 points for the Spurs to win. So in order for that to happen, he needs to be attacking and he needs to stay on the court by not drawing those fouls. You're absolutely right. All right. So wrapping this, wrapping the segment up, I'm going to go to each one of you. I want you guys to tell me what, what you think the series is going to end up with. What's one thing that will let the Spurs win the series, and what's one thing that could lose the Spurs the series? Let's start off with Schmitty. Uh, one thing that can win us this series, um, people, Sam, team, blah, 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 people seem to forget how much shooting is on our bench. And then also we've added Mati Yunus, so if he gets minutes, he's also a stretch big. Between Mills, Bellinelli, Bertans, those are three knockdown shooters that you have coming off the bench. And then, of course, on the starting lineup, we have Bryn Forbes. And um, we have Derek White, who can also get a shot going here and there. And then we have DeMar DeRozan, who can find all of those guys. So I think if our shooting is on point, that'll give us more of an edge. Our defense, obviously, Derek White needs to find a way to stop Jamal Murray. 
and Pirtle needs to find a way to slow down um, Jokic. Clearly, that guy's a beast. All due respect. Um, the thing that could win it for the Nuggets, though, is their. I, I know I kind of bashed on it earlier, but it's their use because they they can be faster than us. They can um, do all this other stuff that just kind of some of the older guys can't do. Not to say that we're that old anymore because we really aren't compared to past years. But they do have the youth the youth edge on us, so they are a little bit faster and a little bit more maneuverable. But I think we can pull this off um, as long as we are able to slow down their stars just a little bit. Not all the way. I know they're going to get their shots regardless. But I think we can pull it off in six games. Andrew? Mike. Mike, check. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll skip Andrew for right now. What's Definitely. up, Dave? All right, so for me, I think it's pretty simple. Um, it might be kind of a cliche answer, but I honestly think it's the truth. Just looking at the matchups, you know, one through five, and then, you know, the benches, I think this is going to be the battle of the benches. Um, the Spurs are going to need Davis Bertans to find his shots. Uh, yes. he, he's fallen, I know, in the last couple of weeks, uh, post-All-Star post break. I know he was, like, number one at the time, I think. Last game, he was number six. Um, so we need him to find it. Um, but I think the bench, the Spurs bench, as we've mentioned, is going to win the series for us. I think the starters are going to do their thing. Um, but if the bench is not there to support us, I don't know how we don't have more games such as the last one against Denver where they just completely just blew us out. Um, and the thing that can lose it for Denver along with their bench, is the inexperience. I do think that you got to put these guys into situations that they've never been in before. Um, I think you have to I, – I don't think man is going to work. I mean, I, I just – I really don't know. I don't know if that's going to work all game. I think you have to throw different things at these guys to keep them on their toes. Um, and, you know, ultimately, I think that Denver can also lose by turning the ball over too much because they do try and play, play at a pretty uh, quick quick pace. So I think if uh, the Spurs have good transition D and can force them into some turnovers and maybe some out-of-bounds passes over their head where they're just flinging the thing, I think that uh, the Spurs can win it. Uh, so long story short, inexperience for the Nuggets and for the Spurs, uh, we will need their bench play. All right, I'm back. Uh, I uh, I didn't know I had my mic muted. I was... <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Nice. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I, 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 I was damn near shouting into my microphone. I was like, how do you not hear me? <laughs> I was literally talking for like five or ten seconds, and then I realized, oh, no. But, uh, uh, but no, but what I was saying was uh, before was that uh, what I think is going to come down to is I think it's going to come down to, like I was saying, like who can defend at home the best? Like I said, the first team that loses, that, uh, loses at home I think is in great danger. Uh, fun fact that we talked about, you know, David was talking about guys like Jamal, Mur- uh, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. Uh, and, you know, we got some great guys coming off the bench, too. Uh, I believe it was Schmidt that said that, you know, we got Bertans, we got Mills, we got Marco Bellinelli coming off the bench. Uh, Denver actually has the best three-point uh, three point defense in the league, allowing 32% free, uh, field goal percentage to their opponents from three. Uh, we're going to, you know, a lot of space needs to get added up. I know that, you know, the if, if Donatus gets the minutes that he – that we think that he should get uh, – she should definitely play a big factor. Like I said, defending at home, and I think if we can knock down a lot of threes, uh, you know, beating uh, Denver's strength, I think that will definitely be a great key to us winning the series. All right, Mac, wrap this up. Beasley, Malik Beasley, do not let him get hot. <laughs> he has been a Spurs killer. 
Shut Will Barton. Down. Will Barton also. All right, Mac, wrap this up. Oh, so I think the the key to success for the Spurs is obviously uh, their bench play. Uh, we need to see the shooters come out and shoot. But I think if the shooters don't come out and shoot or they're cold, then what needs to happen is they need to make sure that they're either um, making it from mid-range or they're defending well enough so that way Denver is not making their three-point shots either. Um, so it all comes down to cohesiveness on defensive on the defensive side and whether or not our shooters can shoot. Um, for the Nuggets, I honestly think, I don't know if Jokic can can battle underneath or, or be as dominant with bigs like L.A. and Pirtle and hopefully um, Monte Yunus. Am I keep, can, did I keep saying that right? Monte Juan, Monte, I don't know. Monte Yunus. Number 28. Number 28. <laughs> the new guy. Anyway, so <laughs> I, I think... Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be as elite as he's been in the past. I mean, he's obviously going to get his, um, but I, I think their key is going to be um, their their role players. Like, Jamal Murray is going to have to have a hell of a game, and he's going to have to do really good stuff against Derek White to get away from him. Um, but if you can slow down the other guys and and just kind of, kind of do the same thing we did with LeBron, where we take out LeBron... And, or take out all the other guys and let LeBron do his game. Same thing. Kind of just don't worry about Jokic. Don't worry too much about, about Jamal Murray. Try to shut everybody else down so that way you only have like one guy or two guys training. All right, sounds good. So, all right, when we come back, we'll talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs here on At The Line. I'm Ty Yeager, and I want to introduce you to the Rise Up Podcast community, a community for podcasters created by podcasters, dedicated to the promotion and growth of podcasts everywhere. Rise Up is not a network. There are no contracts and no control over your content, just a vessel for you to spread the word of your work and connect with fellow podcasters to collaborate, create, and promote. And guess what? It doesn't cost you a single cent to join the community. Join the Rise Up Podcast community today by visiting our website at bit.ly slash community and follow the community on Twitter at rupodcommunity. Again, that's bit.ly slash community and at rupodcommunity on Twitter. Come and join the community of podcasts and rise up with us. Rise Up Podcast Community. I'm Jonathan Sanford, former voice of the San Antonio Spurs. You're listening to At The Line Podcast. And we're back here at The Line. We got three guests here today. We got David, Andrew, and Schmitty. Not even going to bother saying your last names again. I'm always going to mess them up. <laughs> so we're going to talk about oh. the NBA playoffs but before we get started, someone has a one thing to mention. Just one more thing about the Spurs. We forgot Rudy Gay. How can we forget <laughs> how, Rudy Gay? How, did we, how, how could we forget Rudy Gay? Rudy, we love you, and you're the best teammate ever. Well, Nominated he, he, for teammate of the year, man. I was going to say. We love you, man. Don't, don't leave. Please don't leave us. Please. Please don't leave Just us. Just be here for the rest of your career, please. We love you. <laughs> hey, he, but, also, he, but also, don't put us in cap hell. <laughs> He oh, yeah, please, no. He scored 13.7 <laughs> points per game, had six rebounds, 
two assists. The dude, he he's played his role well, especially in this game. Just talking about him and thinking he knows that he was going to take a step back from what his role is, and he plays really well coming off the bench. I think he's in our bench spark plug that I think everyone forgets about, especially us since we completely forgot to talk about him for two segments. <laughs> yep. But Rudy like, is know, Rudy's underrated Rudy. though. Sorry, go ahead, Ty. I said Rudy's just underrated. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, obviously he's been, in recent times, he, he hasn't been very good. I, I don't know if it's, um, if he was hired or or what's been going on, but he's been struggling with the shot a little bit. And, and a lot of it's going to depend on him coming back too, because he's that third go-to scorer. Like when DeMar can't get anything going or, or LA just, hasn't been going like Rudy. The one thing, the good thing about Rudy is he has all three phases. Like he can, he can post up, he can shoot from mid range, and then he can. All, he's pretty good from from the three pointer. So I think he's like the only player that we have that's able to do that. Um, and we're going to need that, especially in this matchup with uh, with the Nuggets. No doubt. I'm actually looking at Rudy. I'm looking at all of our stats. Actually, well, no, I'm looking at this here. Rudy Gay shot fifty percent from the field. 40% from three, and 82% from the free throw line. Oh, man. So Is 40% from three a career high? Uh, let me, I'm looking at him right now. Uh, it, it is. The next wow. one after that is 37. He hit 37 two other times. Yeah, he's shooting a career high this year. Also, so, it's not, we. I think if we forget, he shot a game winner. Phoenix Suns. Yeah, against the Suns, right. It was against the Suns, oh. but still, it's a game winner. <laughs> bang, bang. It still counts. All right, so we love you, Rudy. You better stay in San Antonio because we will always need you. Just don't post in Cap Hill. But going into the playoffs, we got this is going to be pretty fun playoffs. I think this is not going to be a given. It's not a given of who's going. For once, for the first time in like 10 years, LeBron is not in the playoffs. So Thank God. So we already have a one. We already have one change in the change of the whole league for the past decade. There will be no LeBron in the East in the in the finals, no matter what. No matter what, there's always going to be some different team there. There all there also won't be any Tony Parker in his playoffs. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. All right. So speaking of LeBron, let's start with the Eastern Conference. So we the first matchup is the Bucks versus the Detroit Pistons. In the four five matchup, it's the Celtics versus the Pacers. In the 3-6, it's the Philadelphia 76ers going against the Brooklyn Nets. And the 2-7 is the Toronto, those uh, those Northerners versus the Orlando Magic. I, I can't say it because of Kawhi. But. Never heard of the Toronto, what are they called? The Raptors. Is that what the The Toronto uh, Dinosaurs. Never heard the, of them. The Toronto, Toronto Barneys? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, so... So I, we're not going to go too far in depth with all the Eastern Conference matchups, but for your first round, for everyone's first round picks, who do you got starting with David? Okay, so for first round picks, I have, I'll start off just in order. I'm looking at the Saturday schedule. I'm going to say Philadelphia beats Brooklyn in five. No disrespect to Brooklyn. I love that team, but I think they're just going to be outmatched. So Orlando, Toronto. Toronto is going to... I think that's what they're called. Toronto something. Uh, they're going to win in four. It's going to be a sweep. It's going to be ugly. And uh, I'm not too happy about that. <laughs> the other Eastern, we got Indiana and Boston. I'm going to say Boston's going to win that in five. 
Uh, no Oladipo was huge for the Pacers. I know they maintained as well as they possibly could once he went down, but I just don't see it. And the final Detroit Milwaukee. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the Bucks in five because I do I do I do think Blake Griffin is gonna go off at least one game, probably most likely the first game in Detroit to kind of try and swing his team back into things once they're down 0-2. But um, so yeah, Bucks in five. Andrew, what do you got? All right, so I'm gonna say Bucks in four. I think they're gonna sweep the Pistons. Uh, to me, Giannis is the MVP. I think he's gonna take control of that series. Uh, Boston Pacers. You know, like David said, Oladipo's huge. Yeah, I probably would have taken the Pacers, but I'm going to go with the Celtics in seven. Ooh. Oh, in seven. Yeah. yeah, I'm not convinced on Boston at all uh, uh, at all this year. Uh, Sixers, Nets, I'm going to go with the Sixers in five. Just, just uh, you know, because it's not going to be sweet. All right, so we got Toronto, Barneys, like we said, against... <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> uh, all right, sorry, sorry, I'm having too good, too much good of a time with that. Okay, so we got the Toronto Barneys against the Orlando Disney Parks. So, <laughs> I can't believe they're in the playoffs. I really cannot believe they're. In the I, I got the seventh seed at that. <laughs> Uh, I, I was sorry. That's not the point, but uh, I'm a, I'm gonna say Orlando. I mean, ah, no, Toronto sweeps. Toronto sweeps. Got it. I'm sorry. I can't focus. The Orlando theme park. Sorry. Arish, maybe you go. All right. So first of all, I think. Denver's gonna sweep Detroit. I think Blake Griffin will try his hardest. You mean? Wait, wait. Did you just say Denver? Did you say Denver? <laughs> oh my bad. Detroit. Whoa, Detroit. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyways, I think too much dip on think, your shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my Milwaukee's gonna sweep Detroit. Uh, Blake Griffin's gonna try his hardest. But let's be real. He's the only one on that team that's like you know gonna do anything. I know Andre Drummond, but what does he really do? Really? <laughs> Besides <laughs> rebound the basketball. Um, I mean, it's free throws, man. Give him credit. <laughs> yeah, from thirty-eight percent to what is he this year? I'm sorry, probably like thirty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, go staying on the top side of the bracket. This one's kind of rough to say because, guys, you ready for this? My dad's a Celtics fan, so there's a little bit of bias here. So I'm gonna say Boston in six. Um, I think the fact that the Pacers don't have Oladipo is going to really bring them down. I'm honestly impressed because I kind of forgot that they didn't have Oladipo for all that time, that they're actually still this high in the bracket. But, I mean, of course, it is the Eastern Conference, so oh well. <laughs> and then dropping down one bracket further, Sixers and the Nets. Um, I'm very impressed with the Nets this season, especially D'Angelo Russell, what he's been able to do. By the way, LOL Lakers fans. Anyways, <laughs> cry Lakers, cry. I, I love all the Laker Laker sh- shade. I love it. <laughs> that you guys needed a leader. Yeah. All right. Anyways, he was mature enough. <laughs> and then going down low, we have the Canadian Dinosaurs versus the Orlando Magic. <laughs> and uh, I'm um I think Danny Green is going to lead the Canadian Dinosaurs to a four game sweep. 
clearly Danny Green's going to be the one to do it. So. And then who did you say for the 76ers Nets matchup? All right. The Sixers are going <laughs> to win that five games. All right. Let's make sure, <laughs> make sure we came back to that one. Uh, Mac, what do you got? Um, so I'm just going to go based on uh, rankings one through eight. So Bucks versus Pistons. I'm really disappointed the Pistons didn't get the seventh seed because they pose and they've done a really good job against, you know, the Barneys. So I'm really pissed that they didn't get that seventh seed. But I think the Bucks, if anything, they're going to they're gonna win um, in five. I think the Pistons might come out like, you know, like some of us are saying, you know, Blake might come out, start swinging, trying to keep his team on, you know, on an even playing field. But I just think the Bucks have an overall better team. Uh, that's starting and bench. Um, with the Barneys and Magic, unfortunately, that's probably going to be a sweep. I don't even know why the Magic are in there. It's freaking ridiculous. Um, but again, it's you know the Eastern Conference. And then the 76ers and the Nets. I really like that series. I think it's going to be really great. And one of a really good player that I've, that I've been watching, um, Jared Allen, aside from D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell Jared Allen's been looking great in in the paint, and so I really hope he he has a good game. But I just think 76ers have way too much firepower. So if they don't sweep, they'll probably win it in four um, in five. And then um, between the Celtics and Pacers, I think the Pacers not having Oladipo and this Boston not having Marcus Smart, I think the Pacers losing Oladipo hurts more to the Pacers than Boston losing Marcus Smart. So, if Boston get their head out of their asses, I think they'll probably win it in five or six. So, I think that's how it'll go. All right, going down for mine, which because all of you guys have picked the higher seeds for each one of these, I'm just gonna say Bucks over the Pistons. Bucks are just the number one team in the league. They're not they're not going to go anywhere. Seventy uh, Sixers and Nets. Seventy Sixers have just way too much firepower, and the Nets just a bit too young for me. Uh, the Toronto laughs are just a bit too much for the Magic. <laughs> it, it's they're just the laughs now because because of this. Final <laughs> laughs. We get a laugh at them. Uh, I don't think the Magic going to be any matchup. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. They think the Magic put up a little bit more fight than any other team there could be with Vucevic, but the Raptors have their own firepower as well. And so, and then I like Boston. They're one of my favorite teams in the East to watch with Kyrie and Tatum. Um, I think they're going to get their shit together for once, and I think they'll they'll make a I think they'll make a deeper run into the playoffs. So, all five, all five of us went for the exact same team. So it seems it's going to be it's kind of predictable. I think once it gets into the second round and then the what in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's where it becomes a bit muddy, and we'll come back to that once the playoffs do move out. Um, just however though, I'm going to go down the line. Give me who you take coming out of the East, uh, David. Bucks. Uh, Bucks. Seventy Sixers. Um, I I want the Bucks. I'm going to say Raptors, just based on the firepower they have. God damn it. You know what? <laughs> hey, hey, hold up, hold up. Hold you guys will understand why I say the Raptors Raptors later. Don't worry. Hold I got on, this. hold on. Hold on. Just a sidebar, just because you gave some Raptors love. This is a sidebar. Even though everybody thought the Rap- this was going to be the best Raptors team ever, it still wasn't as good as the best Spurs team ever. Records Facts. speak for themselves. Records speak for themselves. I'm done. Can I say, let's just say the Raptors won one less game than they did last year. 
the number oh, one. Oh, boom, bomb. <laughs> Mic drop. Oh my god. <laughs> that, was, that was perfect. All right, so going over to the Western Conference, which I think we are all more expertise is in. I think we all say that we will take San Antonio over Denver. I think that's one that we all will agree on, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. All right, but there's three other matchups we got to we got to look at. First is the Golden State against the Clippers. We're just not even going to bother with that. I think we already know what that one's going to be. Uh then we got the uh, the number four Houston going against the number five uh, Utah Jazz, and then the three three six matchup is Portland versus OKC. Let's start with Schmitty though on this one going going for the rest of the teams. Uh, well, do we even need to talk about Golden State versus the Clippers? <laughs> Just say who you, say who you who wins. We're gonna do Golden State in one game. Okay, one game. On. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rockets versus Jazz. I kind of want to laugh at Rockets fans, so I want to say Utah in seven, but uh, my my realistic side is going to say rap. I'm sorry, Rockets in the six games. Uh, James Harden's going to foul his way to that, and then we have Portland versus OKC. This is going to be probably the most interesting series of our side of the bracket. I think it's going to be a toss up in seven games. I don't know who's going to win that seventh game. But it's going to go seven games, and I, my um, my love for Paul George makes me want to say OKC. But like I said, it could go either way. All right, so you're leaning OKC on that one. Yes. All right, so we're obviously going to say Golden State. Everybody's going to agree with that. But I'm actually Clippers put at least a little bit of a fight. I think I think they'll at least push five games at least. Um, oh man, I really don't want to say this next one. I mean, am I going to say the Utah Jazz? Feinstein rocket ships. Um, I really, I, I really get as much as I live in Houston, but you know what? I'm gonna say the rocket seven. Not exactly happy saying that because I feel like the Jazz shock a lot of people when they beat Oklahoma City in the first round last year. I mean, who knows? might do the same thing this year? I'm gonna say Rockets and seven, and it's gonna be a nail biter. Um. The Blazers and the Thunder, that's actually a hard one because I'm not exactly trying to pick who's going to win the series, but who's just trying to make it out of the first round, which is something that both these teams have struggled with in the last couple of years. Uh, Paul George has had some injury issues lately. Uh, I'm going to say the Blazers and seven, and then obviously the, the Spurs and seven. All right, uh, David, what do you got? All right, so for me, obviously Golden State. Uh, I'm going to say in five, though, as I mentioned, I think the Clippers' physicality bothers the Warriors. I think they bother a lot of the teams with their physicality. You know, Patrick Beverly is a dog. Montrez Harrell is a dog. You can't you say worry. dogs anymore, man. You can't say dogs <laughs> Huh? You, you got to watch out with the dog talk or else somebody's going to Oh, man. Mr. He's going to block me on podcasts. He's going to create a profile <laughs> and block me on here. You're right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to give the Clippers like, you know, like Andrew said, I'm going to give them a little bit of respect. Uh, I'm going to, I have the Warriors in five for the, I really dislike the Rockets. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to put my bias aside. I think they win the series. I think it's going to go six. Uh, I think it's going to be close though. I think the series is going to be one in probably a single digit 
victory for the Rockets. And a little, I don't know, a part of me for some reason feels like it's going to be because of the free throw differential. I don't know what would give me that idea, but that's just how <laughs> I feel. I have uh, no idea what you're talking about at all. Me either. That, that guy, he just plays physical and he goes to the hole and people foul him. That's all he does. All right, in Harden's defense, and I will give him, besides the free throw <laughs> stuff, he can make some clutch shots. For instance, that shot against Golden State, that was his no shot doubt. in itself. I do give him some credit where it's due. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Yeah, he's that's a, I think that's the thing, the misconception with a lot of people who think Spurs fans and fans in the NBA hate him, period. It's like we dislike that he's so good and he still does these things like that. That's what it is to me. I'm like, dude, you don't need to do those. But I, and that's just what frustrates me with him. Um, so, yeah, Rockets in six. I don't I think Utah is just I don't think they have enough offensive firepower. I mean, you know, you have Donovan Mitchell. You're supposed to have Ricky Rubio back who can occasionally hit some threes. Uh, Rudy Gobert isn't known for his offense, but I think it's just going to come down to Donovan Mitchell just being, you know, outnumbered, really, uh, offensively at least. Portland and Oklahoma. uh, Oklahoma swept them during the regular season. Uh, I don't think it's going to be any different. Well, actually, I do think it's going to be a little bit different. I think that one's going to go six. with Oklahoma winning because Damian Lillard's going to go absolutely crazy at least one or two times because he knows he has to. Um, so OKC in six, and I'm going to say I'm going to stick to what I said earlier. Spurs in seven. I just think that um, as Schmidt brought up, that both of these teams are just really, really good at home. Um, I think the Spurs still the first one at Denver. Uh, that might just be me hoping, but uh, I think it's possible. Uh, Spurs and seven and that train until I die. All right, Mac, wrap, wrap it up. Yeah, so um, I honestly think the Warriors and, and the Clippers, um, I think it's going to be a better series than some of us, most of us probably give it credit for. Just because David's spot on, the Clippers are an aggressive, great defensive team. Um, Pat Beverly, he's... He's gotten in Steph's hedge before, and he's just a great defender, guard defender. Um, and then, you know, Montrezl Harrell's down there. And then um, who's their other guy? Danilo Gallinari. I mean, and he's been playing lights out lately. He's been playing really good. So I think they, they're going to pose some threats. Uh, but I still give it to the Warriors in five or six. Um, and then, obviously, Nuggets, Spurs, Spurs in six or five or six. Um, the Blazers and the Thunder. I really want the Blazers to go through just because I would like to see the Spurs versus the Blazers and then LA ride us off into the Western Conference Finals um, while shitting on Portland. I mean, that would be amazing, uh, even though I, I like the Portland team. so But uh, I, I think the Thunder just have the overall better team. Um and they just have longer defenders. I think they're going to, so I think the Thunder are probably going to win in six. And then I think the toss up, I think the one, the series that's going to be the most toss up one is going to be the Rockets and the Jazz because I think Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder are going to clamp James Harden, especially Joe Ingles. He's, he's, he's the Patty Mills, the Tasmanian devil of that team. So I think he's going to do really well. Um, and, you know, knock down shots. And we've seen him knock down some shots. Last playoffs, he had a really good playoff stretch. So, Hopefully he can muster that up again. And um, and Donovan Mitchell, you know, they've been playing really good, really good balls. So, and they're 
one of the hotter teams coming into the playoffs. Um, and Rockets have been struggling a little bit, but I would really, I think this is really, this was probably going to go down to seven games, and I think it's probably going to come out to be the Rockets, unless we see James Harden pull a James Harden of playoff, you know, in the past, and him kind of slip away. Um, then they can go to the Jazz, but I think the Rockets might come out of that one. Or a Chris Paul hamstring injury. You never know. Oh, you rip, rip, <laughs> rip, Roni. All right. And what could have been? For me, wrap it up. Uh, Dylan State, no contest on that one. I think Clippers do actually give him a fight. We've seen we've seen uh, Spurs give him a fight last season and ticket ticket five. So I think the Clippers can do the same if they just put the energy that they have. Um, for the Rockets, Jazz. The Jazz are one are actually one of the hottest teams in the league after the All Star break. I believe they had the second best net rating, and so that could easily go to six to seven. And I'm going to give the Rockets the advantage, but the Jazz are not going to make it easy for them at all, just based on how round they are. Plus, they they like someone said earlier, they want they swept they didn't sweep they beat the Thunder last year, and so they made it rough for them. So the Jazz could easily be a dark horse going in going into the second round. Uh, for OKC and Blazers, I love these. Both of these teams are fun to watch. I love the Blazers. The Blazers are, would probably be my favorite team if it wasn't for the Spurs. Problem is they don't have Nurk anymore. Nurk is out with that with the uh, broken leg, and the Thunder have a guy named Stephen Adams, which is going to be a he's going to be a beast down there without Nurk guarding him. Spurs, the Blazers don't really have a main defender anymore. Uh, they do have Cantor. Cantor can't defend though. Cantor is a more offensive guy, and so Stephen Adams can. Um, Stephen Adams is probably going to be the MVP of that series, just based on how much he's going to beat them up on the inside. So I would give OKC the advantage, but the bias in me wants the Blazers to win, especially because they're just the team I like more, and it would be a better matchup for the Spurs if the Spurs do advance. So, but I am going to take the lead with uh, OKC on that one, and Spurs. I'd say if they, if the Spurs do win a take one of the first two games in the series on the road, Spurs should be able to wrap that series up. So I take Spurs on that one. All right, so now going down the line, last call, who do you have coming out of the Western Conference Finals realistically, starting with David? Realistically, that sucks all the fun out of hands. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right, and the biased one, the biased one that you have, and then the realistic one. How about that? Okay, obviously my bias is Spurs gang till I'm gone. So Spurs, that's the bias talking. But, I mean, you know, realistically, I'm not going to go against the the three-time champs. You know, three out of the last four, I don't like them. But they are the best team in the league. They're they're. I shouldn't say they're deep. Their starting five is obviously five all-stars. Uh, but I think they do their thing. I think Kevin Durant really wants to close out this Golden State window with another one, and I think he will ultimately do so. Andrew? Uh, I really don't want to say this. So obviously I'm going to say Spurs for my bias one. You know, this is going to sound really crazy because I, as much as I hate this team, I think they're going to come out of the West. And it is not Golden State. I'm actually going to say the Rockets come out of the West. I'm sick. Wrong. I, I, I <laughs> hate them out. Kick them out. I, I hate that pick. <laughs> I hate that pick, but I feel like if the Rockets if they get the Warriors in the second round, that would be a much better fit for them than if Western Conference Finals. Uh, this ain't this isn't obviously they're still one of, obviously still an elite team, but this is still not a, a good of a Golden State team, especially at home. You know they they weren't even one of the three best teams in the West when it comes when it comes to a home record. 
uh, it, the the offense same as it used to be. I don't even know if they're top five. I, I got to check that, that out, but it's just not the same Golden State team. And I think if the Rock a little fresh in in the second round, I think they I think they will beat Golden State in the second round, and I could very well see them taking it to to the end of the Western Conference Finals. Schmitty. Well, the bias is obviously going to be the Spurs. And uh, realistically, I mean, Golden State. I don't want to say it. I don't like to say it. I hope it's the last year I say it, but Golden State. Yeah, same um, same as the other guys. Although the caveat is um, I think this is the perfect time for the Spurs to come out of the Western Conference Finals just because their bracket and the way they're set up in the in, in this the bracket. They're, they don't have to face Houston. They don't have to face Golden State until the finals. So if there was ever a season for them to do it, it's going to be this season. Um, but obviously my bias one is Spurs. And then I think the um, Golden State Warriors, I think at this point, I think they were just playing with people throughout the entire season. And they were just kind of like, eh, whatever. Screw it. And they were kind of just mailing it in. And now that the playoffs are here, everybody knows. I mean, they're all veterans. They've all had won multiple championships, with the exception of DeMarcus Cousins. But um, you know, they're they're the best damn team in, in the entire league for a reason. All right, I got mine. Bias Spurs, of course. And realistically, it's gonna be the Spurs, just based on. <laughs> it, I it, think I'm with oh, it. Hold on. So <laughs> I let, like let me, it. So let me let me give my my reasoning for this. Spurs probably have the better best route to go with. All the car- if all the cards play right properly, they beat Denver, and say that they get Portland instead of Oklahoma City. Either, either or those two match. If it's Portland or Oklahoma City, the Spurs will have the will. I think will take the advantage in experience and just the better matchup. Also, I believe Houston can take out Golden State in the second round, and so. With that means the Spurs would face Houston, and Pop has an amazing record against D'Antoni in the playoffs. And thus, the Spurs would be playing the Toronto Raptors as Kawhi versus DeMar in the finals. I don't think the Raptors will get to the finals, but that's a good one. I'm calling that's it. That's a hot take. I'm that's calling it. Hot. Spurs. <laughs> it's a hot take, but I like it. Spurs, Raptors in the finals. Spurs take it in seven. Nice. Imagine taking in seven on Toronto's home court. Yo. <laughs> that Hang DeMar DeRozan's uh, jersey in the Raptors immediately. Facts. Oh my goodness. Alright, well, that wraps it up for this episode of At The Line. You can check us out at our home base on atthelinepodcast.com or you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all those beautiful other websites. You can find, find us on Twitter at thelinepod. Guys, where can they find you on Twitter? At Deep3DA. This is David. You can find me at Deep3DA on my socials at Deep, the number three, D-A. Uh, you can find me, Andrew. Did Andrew mute himself again? I don't know. I don't. Uh, I heard him cut out, but you can find me, Schmitty, <laughs> at Schmitty XXIV, Roman numeral 24, by the way. Uh, and hopefully he can fix his mic over there. <laughs> Mac, let me test it. Test it. Test there we it. go. There we go. All right, Finally. Go. All right, fine. All right, you find me at 
at Latino Chill, Latino underscore Chill. There you go. That's it. I'm not going to risk my mic getting cut out again. <laughs> <laughs> Mac really can find you. All right, everybody. You know, you know the ad uh, is Mac Pen Media. And you can find me at Ty Yeager Radio. That's Ty J A G E R, like that booze radio. Um, don't forget to check out the Rise Up Podcast community on Twitter at RUPodCommunity, or you can find them on their website at bit.ly slash RiseUpPodCommunity. Great community for all the different podcasts out there. Also, make sure to check out Belly Up Sports, as we are proud we are proud of being part of their network. Go find them up at BellyUpSports.com on, or at BellyUpSports on Twitter. Be bold, stand out, BellyUpSports. And you got merch. Who doesn't love merch? We got merch. We got hoodies. It's a bit too warm for that. If, unless you have a cold office space. We got tank tops, though. I know that. We got tank tops. Tank tops, t-shirts. Plus, the guy's drunk. You can find those all at our at our beautiful store at bit.ly slash at the line store. You can also find that on our website. All right. You guys have any last words to say? I do. Go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go. <laughs> That's it, baby. Vamos, pinche Spurs. <laughs> all right. Spurs play their first matchup against the different... Against the Nuggets on Saturday in Denver. Go Spurs go. This has been At The Line. And we'll see you next time. No, 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 no. I needed more. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.